Hello and welcome to All Systems Go. This is a weekly challenge podcast focused on the Go programming language. Each week we bring you Go language news, Go community news, and we talk about a programming challenge designed to expand our minds and prepare us to become Go programming ninjas. Uh, ninjas are, that's totally overused, but I would like I to say be that? A, I'd like to be a samurai, to be honest. I'm not Sa- going to lie to you. I, you know what? Let's, let's bring back samurai. So what's going on this week? Oh, man. This is, uh, I'm gonna, I think I've been messaging you most of the week, um, <laughs> just on having fun on, on what I'm doing. And I, and I don't know, man, this is, this, this is, this is getting more and more exciting for me. So I don't know about you, but, um, as I go through doing half of this stuff, half of the day or researching and learning, it's not even the fact that you're coding so much. I think it's learning something new. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. So I, I don't know how I you agree. feel about it, but. Oh Yeah. And, and totally addicting. I think having a, we, we, we talked about this ever so briefly, but the, like this podcast is a bit of a forcing function for me, you know? So it's like, it's Sunday night. I'm looking at my week saying, uh, you know what I should actually do. I should do a little bit of coding and I need to stay on top of what's happening in the community. Yeah. And then like last night you and I were, were, chatting back and forth and you know, work is, uh, work is work. And sometimes it gets frustrating and then, uh, you know, actually putting your head into getting some coding done. And, and this is, I'm sure partially because we're not professional developers. It's not our day job. Um, you know, to put everything aside and kind of turn off notifications and work through actually building some things and fixing some code. It's like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. So, yep. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know about you, but, uh, this week, I don't know whether it's super light on news or what have you, but it's, uh, it's definitely been one of the parts where, you know, most of my focus has been really just doing a lot more research, I guess. So I didn't really come across any compelling, uh, news items. So, but I guess we can really talk about, uh, Kubicon, right? So the, Kubicon 2019 is on and every, all the hype and the Twitter is lit up. It is. Yeah. All over the Twitters. <laughs> it's, I don't know that there was anything like specific that maybe stood out. Um, I mean, we can, we can bring some stuff up, but uh, it seems like there was some stuff on the, um, uh, when they're talking about uh, CNCF programs, uh, I want to definitely check out that. Uh, I'm, do they typically publish the YouTube, like anything to YouTube or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Usually it ends up on YouTube for sure. Okay. Yep. So how much, uh, well, I mean, how much content would would they typically publish with knowing that you weren't there, I guess is the big question. Yeah, it should. I mean, it should be everything. Um, I think in past years, it's, it's typically been like, there's, there's a lot. Mm. Um, and so what I typically do is, um, jump into the, the YouTube channel and then flip through like, um, like you, you go to the KubeCon, um, YouTube channel, you go to the videos page, or sometimes they'll actually publish a playlist. that will be like everything 2019. And then you just start surfing through there to try and figure out, you know, what, uh, what you're interested in and what you want to actually see. Yep. And I know that, uh, just looking through right now as we're doing it, I think some of the stuff, uh, obviously KubeCon right now and cloud native con 2019 North America, they got the playlist pretty much. Let's see the, what the full playlist. Whoa, that is a lot. So got some lightning talks kicking. Maybe we can talk through some of these, maybe, um, Sharing GPU amongst multiple containers. Oh, hello. 
I don't know about you, but that sounds interesting. Um, There's always a lot of great, um, I find what I've always seen and admired at a KubeCon and CloudNativeCon that they do try to kind of walk that balance between um, allowing vendors to come in and do their thing. Um, and also, you know, really try and build up community things and then have, uh, people talks as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of great stuff the, there. I'm looking at the same page that you are though. Oh, so absolutely. I mean, the, Pull, the, there's nothing like pulling it up live. I mean, look at number yeah. 26 there where it's, uh, containing the container developers experience versus, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Strict. I can't really, anyways, it doesn't really say anything <laughs> else after that. Definitely going to check that out. I think, um, I think this is something probably we typically talk about uh, all the time. And then there's obviously when talk about service discovery with hybrid and multi-cloud uh, introduction to core DNS, which is actually that. Okay. As nerdy as that sounds, that actually sounds pretty <laughs> interesting to me. Yep. Um, you know, knowing full well, I have an infrastructure background, but um, it's pretty cool. And then, oh my, it just gets better and better. So I think so I, one, one of the things I think we should just do, uh, I'm going to pick like, Maybe we should pick some random ones and we're going to talk about them, um, pull out some very interesting things. And I, I'd recommend anybody who's going to go, um, go, go check this out. I mean, the, they're already published. There's how many? 316 videos. And it's already got over 958 <laughs> views updated today. Um, so yeah, I am obviously going to click subscribe on that, uh, uh, CNCF. Uh, so already done that. And then I think there's some pretty cool stuff. Like even if it's just learning, like, the one intro to Kubernetes working with group, uh, multi, uh, group for multi-tendency. This is pretty cool. Um, for, uh, and, and for folks, if you're listening and you, and I kind of got it wrong in the beginning, it's not a KubeCon channel. It's the CNCF. So the cloud native computing foundation, uh, YouTube channel, mm. and they're all there. They actually already have a playlist that is, uh, uh, KubeCon cloud native con North America, 2019. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and most of the stuff is already up and rolling. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of talks by some, you know, pretty well-known gophers. Uh, I noticed Chris Nova has something up, which is pretty awesome. I want to take a look at that cloud native runtime security with Falco. Um, obviously that's a Sysdig product, but she's always got some pretty fantastic things to say and there's always a pretty demo heavy thing. So, uh, so that should be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, knowing full well that, uh, we're going to do this. I mean, do you see anything else, uh, either on Twitter or Reddit, something of interest lately? I did see a bunch of uh, some interesting things I thought we should talk to. So uh, GitHub last week put out their state of the Octoverse. Now, this isn't it's not specifically Go, right? But uh, it is really interesting to see what's happening in the in the programmer community at large. And so um, I pulled out a couple of stats that I think are interesting. So every year GitHub produces this state of the Octoverse, and it's meant to be like a, a view of what's happening in, in development in general, but also more broadly for, um, uh, open source development too. Right. Mm. Uh, so they got, they attracted 10 million new GitHub users last year, Wow, which is pretty crazy. Um, they also got 1.3 million first time contributors to, to open source projects. So that means 1.3 million people contributed to open source projects for the first time last this year, sorry, between, uh, 2018 and, the, and 2019, um, 87 million pull requests merged, mm. which is crazy. And there's a couple of geographic trends that I thought were really interesting. So, uh, top five countries for open source open source growth, mm-hmm. um, Nigeria, Iran, 
Kenya, Indonesia, and Greece. Wow. So those were the top five. So growth of open source, of contribution to open source projects were the highest there. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah. The increase in contributions year over year with large repos. So repos with more than 20,000 20, contributors. So mm-hmm. we got Hong Kong grew 175% this year. Singapore, 111%. Indonesia, 90%. And Ireland, 83%. So those are the top kind of countries. Right. And, um, but you know, the, the interesting, I think we're looking at the same stat is 20 top 20 regions, uh, outside the U S by open source, which is actually, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, <laughs> obviously being Canadian, <laughs> we're doing, yeah. we're doing, we're doing okay. So, we're all right. We're all we're right. Not, we're not at the top of the list. Not, but we're not at the bottom either. No, no. So that's actually pretty cool. So maybe we can get our uh, fellow Canucks, uh, start developing and uh getting on that github train or you know it's all good man so go was um was number 10 mm-hmm. on the list of top growing languages so 147 percent growth since last year so goes goes still moving interesting on that list though there's uh there's a bunch of stuff that grows that's growing even faster of course um so it goes number 10 on the list um kotlin uh, really rocketed up the charts this year, and so did uh, so did Rust. Yeah, so those things are moving fast. I'm just looking through it, and top ten, and then top and trending projects. Guesses for number one. I saw that, and I knew you'd want to talk about it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> when we think about Microsoft VS Code, who have thunk it? Like at the top of the list. At the yeah, top of the list. Cool. But, um, and number two, obviously you need to talk about Microsoft Docs. So Azure Docs, even from a contribution perspective, I think I need to go check it out. Um, that would be pretty It's really cool. interesting, right? To think that like, that's a, that's a document site for a, you know, a, a service, a commercial service. And it's one of the highest growth projects yep. on GitHub. But, wow. Yeah. And number five, we're looking at TensorFlow. That's pretty cool. And then obviously... Uh, Kubernetes at seven and Ansible at uh, nine. Uh, and then obviously when we think about the home, home assistant, we're talking, this is home assistant, home automation, or is this like, uh, I, I don't know. It's I'm home assistant that, it. yeah, it's that, uh, we have a friend, a mutual friend that uses this for everything in his house. It is a, it is a home assistant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's code that, um, I think most folks are consuming it in a, in a container Mm -hmm. and you run it and you configure it to actually talk to all your things. Pretty cool. And then automate the things in your house. So yeah, Yeah. it's neat to see that on the top of the list too. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty neat. One of the pieces, I guess at the top where I was thinking of it um, was when they were really just kind of highlighting some of the, you know, new developers, right. And there's more people kind of starting in uh, obviously using GitHub and contributing to GitHub and it's becoming like a way of life, right. From, uh, yeah. from a project perspective. So that's actually pretty neat. Um, and this is definitely something that we definitely should always keep track of is the, you know, developer community increases. So it's pretty cool, man. So the only other news item, um, before we talk about some projects and we might've run into across the web, um, was that, and I just saw this today on Reddit, um, the Golang subreddit, is that the uh, the Go project has put out the Go developer survey for 2019. Uh, so the Go project itself mm-hmm. is looking for feedback on the language, native tools, etc. So go check that out. The link will be in the in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously have an interest in the Go language. 
um, you know, jump in there and and provide your feedback to the Go team so that they can the, the project as a whole can kind of move forward and and make lives better for the developers that are working in Go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things, um, uh, obviously, when we think about this as we're going through it, and if anybody finds pretty cool articles they want us to read and or talk about, feel free, post it in a Slack chat, post it on Twitter. Um, we'll get, we'll go look at it. I think that's one of the cool things is we, we want to see what other people are looking at, what they find interesting. Uh, so let's see what we can do. And either if there's that or a project that they're interested in, I'd love to be able to check it out and just give us an idea of why we'll give you obviously a big shout out on that side, but, uh, yeah, let's figure that out. I think there's some cool stuff that's happening and obviously being published. So, um, yeah, that's pretty neat. Absolutely. So did you come off, come across any interesting projects this week? I think my problem is, is I always focus on gaming. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That's a problem. I don't know. I don't know if that's a problem. When you're a kid, um, when you, you have siblings, I never even asked. Nope. Okay. So only child, only child. So playing with your friends, uh, there's, there's, there's some cool stuff as you start to build stuff like, there's game of life, but it's not really like, I would love it if somebody was creating like monopoly or something like that. But this is actually, uh, one of those other pieces when you talk about, um, uh, Conway's game of life. So, I mean, I always look at games, things that are pretty cool. It's more of a challenge that you can actually, uh, bring up, uh, something that I'll post on there. There's a cool demo where they talk about it. Uh, and it really is about, you know, you have an infinite grid and, you know, if your cells and you're alive or dead based on where you put them. So anyways, it's, I don't know, maybe it's messing with your mind or something like that, but it's actually a pretty cool project. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go check it out. And it's, it's kind of one of those things where I think if you're, it's, I think it's something that if you want to just go check it out and take a look at it, it, it's pretty fun. It's just the first iteration of the game It was posted a couple of days ago. And I don't know. I'm just, I think this is just somebody new that's trying to post something, but I haven't really checked yeah. it out fully, but I'm very interested as uh you know, because it's all you got 13 commits, two branches, uh, and obviously a single contributor. So maybe they're doing it for a school project. Um, and it says Steel X. Uh, he's on there. I'll get you his link, obviously, in there. But, anyways, nice. something pretty neat. I think it's like one of those pieces um, I actually wanted to kind of touch on too, as you, as you think about this, is uh, when I was looking around on the web for, for stuff and learning. And I think last week we were talking about the. Um, go.dev. And then I got, <laughs> man, did I ever go down a rat hole on that one? I, I literally was looking at absolutely everything. And then I found all these awesome, like just intuitive sites where in our first episode, you know how we talk about all, you know, I want to learn and do this and do that, or go through and do some challenges or, you know, code stuff. Cause it's going to be a lot easier. Um, when I was going through the I can't remember which section it was. I think it was just on the learning side or, and they had a compilation or they had basically compiled everything uh, together that you wanted to do from getting started. And the interesting thing is if I would have seen that, all that information, I could have, I would have had what I had to get, to get going. It's, it's pretty amazing. So, and then I, have you ever done hacker rank by any chance? 
You know, I, I have not, okay. I, I should have by now. Um, and in fact, some of the places I've worked use, you know, use that as kind of a measure in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have not actually ever, uh, there's a little bit, uh, I'm a little scared of it, honestly. Like <laughs> it's a little bit like, it's not scary. And so, well, yes and no. Sometimes it might be that, man, I don't think I'm as smart as I can. Cause it's like majority yeah. of it, more majority of it's like logic problems. Um, right. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, it's, it's how you actually learn how to, how to, how to, how to solve problems. Right. So hmm. there's, um, there's a cool site, uh, uh, the, what's it called? The, I think exercise them. And that's a pretty cool site that was on there as well. Um, yeah. If you go on there, there's some cool stuff that you can go for Go language track. Uh, that's actually pretty cool. 52 members. There's over 26,000 uh, students in over 109 exercises. Um, Holy smokes, 52 different languages. Yeah. It's crazy wow. in here, man. Like it's, it's pretty awesome. So, um, you know, obviously you go and click on joining the track, sign up with your GitHub account and start going through that. But this is the pieces where, you know, I think it's like, these are like little short coding exercises that you can use to, um, obviously train yourself to solve problems better. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, when you think about like, it's, it's much like hacker rank, like they have easy, medium, hard. Um, there's, and you know why you want to do it is because it doesn't take a huge amount of time, but it's something you can do in your spare time for like 45 minutes. Just do something very specific. And, you know, something could be challenging, could not be challenging or, you know, um, you know, I'll put the lyrics of 12 days of Christmas, for example, and then they give you the scenario. Uh, then once you can do that, you can <clears throat> download the solutions. You can submit your solution, compare it with others. This is huge. So I, I like it, man. So I'm going to start doing that a little bit more, encourage other people to do it. Um, you can check out um, all of all of this on uh, the go.dev site. It's under learning and then go to exercise them. It's kind of like exorcism, but it's not obviously play, it's a play the same on thing. that, but it's literally, yeah. I was like, eh. <laughs> but it's pretty, it's pretty neat. So. Uh, I would definitely go and, uh, and test that out. So very cool. Yeah. Well, there was, um, two other projects that I want to talk about today and they both kind of fall into the same, uh, bucket really, um, big news in software defined networking, um, and go actually. So Slack actually, uh, released their Nebula project open source. Um, and so it is a, well, what do they, they call it a scalable overlay networking tool with a focus on performance, simplicity, and security. But really it's, um, it's a project that, um, Slack built to solve their problem, um, which is how do you, how do you operate a busy service that really, um, goes around the globe? Um, and how do you carry all of the services that they offer, Mm -hmm. um, inside of their platform across a network like that? Right. And so it's really interesting. And I'll admit not to be super deep on it quite yet. Um, I've just sort of read through the the basics so far, but super interesting. Um, And uh, VMware also just drops Project Atria. Okay. Sorry, Antria, I should say. It is a Kubernetes networking solution. Mm -hmm. So it's a networking solution designed to be Kubernetes native. Mm -hmm. Um, It's for layer three and layer four. Uh, for networking and security services. 
it's focused on providing that um, using OVS as the the core networking um, switch, yeah. and uh, and it's it's built to provide um, networking and security services. So another interesting SDN kind of overlay starting to build, but specifically for mm-hmm. Kubernetes. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Those are both both projects that are run uh, that are written in Go. And so, you know, whenever these new projects kind of crop up, great opportunity to get in at the ground floor and start mm-hmm. to look at the code and, and understand, you know, sort of where um, potentially, hopefully, best practices in programming are, but mm-hmm. also, you know, get in, potentially contribute to the, the documentation, potentially, you know, jump on the on the SIGs that might come out of it or any of the, the user groups and developer community that kind of builds around it and start to, you know, jump in and maybe contribute. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh, that's always good news, man. That's it's always good to see new projects start written in Go. Um, I'm pretty excited about that, so I'll have to definitely check it out. Uh, go from there. We talked about this super briefly, but I think one of the things once you once you start to get into Go a little bit further, one of the coolest parts about the Go language, in my opinion, is the fact that it um, because formatting is really built into your kind of development tool chain. Um, it's really easy to jump into code that is written, even even if it's written by a you know multi million dollar, multi billion dollar mm-hmm. um, company. You can jump into their Go files and you can actually read it and understand you know really what's going on. They might be using different libraries or or modules that they've written themselves, but you know you can follow that and you can actually see what's kind of going on. Where I feel like other languages are a little bit less approachable because you need to kind of understand almost like the coding style guide for a particular company. You know right, what I mean? Right. You have to jump in and figure out, okay, well they typically actually write things this way and here's how it goes. So, um, one of the reasons why I like to bring up even, you know, more complicated projects like this is because like if you've, if you've done the basics, um, and you, you're understanding syntax and you're starting to understand, you know, how to, how to build more complex things like interfaces or, or uh, concurrency inside of go, mm-hmm. um, you know, go check out these, these projects and actually take a look at the the main files and, and take a look at some of the modules they're importing. And you will be surprised how much you can actually glean and, and understand from that because the formatting is, is the same. hundred percent. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually looking through, I need, did you know that we had a, um, we can get the vSphere, uh, VMware vSphere APIs in Go. Yeah. Yep. So, Go VMommy. Yeah, man. So I was just looking through it and I actually put, like, as I was reading it, I was thinking about our project that we just did um, and working with uh, JSON. And I was like looking through the code and because you had to use things that I haven't used in a long time, like pointers and structs and different <laughs> things like that. Uh-huh. We'll get into yep. that conversation. Super fun. Um, oh, yeah. But. Yeah, like it's it's amazing how much easier I can read code now and understand what's going on. And I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, man. That's uh, this you, is awesome. Do you remember the days, or did you ever go through this phase where I remember when I was? Oh gosh, maybe this starts to to tell how old I am. But um, when I was really just kind of starting to get my feet wet with computers, there was uh, there was a fad of these learn to program in 24 hour books yeah. that were coming out. Do you remember seeing those? Dude, they still exist. Sam's learn to program in 24 right. hours or whatever. Yeah. Did, 
Did you ever buy one of those and think like, man, I'm going to learn how to, yeah. I'm going to read these 768 pages yeah. <laughs> in 24 hours. And I'm going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's exactly so check it. this out. You know what the first book I, I, the first book I bought on programming Come on. was uh, learn in 24 hours assembly. <laughs> learn how to program an assembly in 24 hours and i was like this is it i'm gonna be i'm gonna be an elite hacker in no time right this is sh- gonna be amazing right in shell code like nobody's business let's go baby and just to, i'm sure you can imagine how long but but so to kind of bring it back to the discussion yeah. like you look at assembly code and i'm sorry but hmm. i mean once you're a once you're a seasoned vet i'm sure yeah you can read through and kind of understand but yep like I said, you, you get basic syntax and go, and you can pop open a Go program and kind of go, oh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get what's going on here, right? Yeah. Which is very, very different yeah. and very, very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, man. This is pretty cool, right? So, obviously, <laughs> there's much better resources out there now. <laughs> so, obviously, as we look at some of these uh, these ways we learn, and I mean, maybe as before, not even to get into the next ch- you know, obviously the challenge, but I wanted to actually ask you. So as you were preparing for this, uh, you know, we had our, we had our challenge. We were looking at it. We we're like, okay, do something with JSON. Right. Um, and it, like the interesting thing is, is like your mind runs in so many different ways and areas. Oh yeah. So when I thought about, you know, what I was doing or what I was going to do is like the first thing I was like, okay, well, First thing when I type in, of course, you go to Google and you're like, <laughs> working with JSON. <laughs> yep. And then all this stuff comes up. And you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to give you this, you know, I'm going to basically build up this format. And then, you know, you're built your struct, you're going to go do this and you're going to, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And then you have one or two things. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. And guess what? You're going to work with like, so you don't know what the structure looks like. No problem. I'm like, not really. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like trying to do this and, and work through it, but not like completely follow their code. It's like, what am I going to use? What libraries am I going to use? How am I going to pull this in? How am I going to look at it? And man, was I ever like not getting what I wanted out of it until <laughs> I just basically took one whole step back and said, you know, where am I getting my data? And, right. you know, because once I understand what I'm actually trying to pull from and do, um, I think it was, it, it's, it's, it's actually a lot better. So I wanted to talk very briefly about a site called uh, Rapid APIs. Have you heard of it? Oh, I have not. Um, Rapid API. Yeah, so type it in uh, right now. I'm actually going to... API Marketplace free yeah. and open. Oh, you know what? I may have come across this. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this, so, and the neat part is, is in, and why I like it so much, is I went in here and, you know, think you, you, you basically log in. I basically put, you know, authenticated with my GitHub account, of course. And... Basically, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm interested in, but they have different categories from da- for data. So when I was watching, obviously, some YouTube videos, I was doing, working, you know, seeing what people wanted. It was like, oh, okay, well, access to repeat. And it always go back to the same generic stuff, like go look at a weather site and pull data because it's free and right. whatever. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. care about that. Currency exchange. Nah, boring. Yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, different things or stock or quotes or whatever. So 
the neat thing is you can even talk about like what questions like top weather APIs or whatever, or top text analysis or different things. So right at the top is something I use on a daily basis. I mean, obviously with the, you know, Yahoo finance app, um, you can pull all the data from Yahoo finance. And the neat part is that they talk about it and you see it's called, it's like freemium. I'm not really sure what that Mm, means. Yeah. But when it has a popularity score of 9.9 out of 10, I'm assuming it's pretty good. (laughs) Right. So, and what I loved about this, and this is why I encouraged everybody who's on here, if you want to work with data, data in, data out, or you want to basically just get an idea of, you know, consuming some data from an API and it comes out in JSON or it comes out and you can want to understand a schema or you want to look at, you know, how would I build my struct for this? And the neat part is I want you to go look at what, you know, things are, you know, get market quotes or you can go down and get specific stock information or, you know, build your own news feed or news feed or whatever. Now, the interesting thing on this piece is you can fill out the variables for the stock you want. You can go over to where it says code snippets and you can basically go down, select go and do a new request gives you <laughs> gives you the code you need wow. and the key you need and to do the query into the engine now the neat part is is when you do it for your first time you're thinking oh i'm just gonna go do this and uh it'll run um obviously query will run but it'll tell you you're not subscribed so subscribe to the right you can go and subscribe to the can you get your key to, well the neat part is is it's free up to i think it was 500 queries right Per day. Okay, so you per, didn't actually per, have to per, pay for anything. No, per, per day. So nice. the whole thing is, is if I'm just trying to test out and work with data per day, and I don't exceed the quotas, uh, this is pretty awesome. And even if I wanted to subscribe and get whatever, you know, there's certain amounts that it'll charge per API that you want to use. Um, but it's not like it's going to break your bank and you only use it for as long as you want to use it. So for me, this was one of the pieces I definitely wanted to bring up. Yes. It's, you know, it's not directly related to go, but when I think about getting data or looking at data or searching for types of data, this is huge. So now you can go and look for something specific. So they have a joke API, right? (laughs) You want to be funny before a meeting. (laughs) (laughs) here's what you do um you know what i mean like it's just it's simple stuff like that and this there is so much that you can look at and then all it is is what do you want to do with this and the neat part is is you know you can have stuff cycling through you can build your own x or you want to basically pull what movies are coming in or i don't want to go and check uh uh, Cineplex app all the time. I just want to say, you know, here's my thing. Here's my movies. This is, you know, whatever. You can build something that'll basically tell That's you on click button. This is what you want. Um, you want to know release time, you know, when certain movies are going to release. Imagine you want to go do that. Like I'm just talking through stuff based on the data I see, things you're able to do. I know there's a lot of football fans out there. It's going to be American Thanksgiving coming up. Everybody's going to be eating turkey, sitting around, watching football, <laughs> everything else. Making, you know, let's go to like, you want to bet football predictions. You don't know anything about it. <laughs> You're going to go over there. You go. The, uh, yeah. Instant smart. <laughs> <laughs> build, yourself, uh, build yourself a CLI <laughs> to talk to the, the football API and then run Termux on your phone. Yeah. 
And, uh, and there you go. So you remember <laughs> when we were talking before and we were just talking about the Slack bot, like imagine now I can create my own Slack bot course, and I can yeah. ask it questions and it can go query the APIs I care about. So, oh, I didn't know this. Or you're like, tell me, you know, get me the latest news on the Miami Dolphins. Bam. <laughs> right. Like that is, that's, pretty that's cool. where yep. this is what, what's going to happen. Um, because I'm pretty excited. This is why I got a little bit more excited uh, than other ones, because I think it was, you know, when you're unsure really of what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but now I can figure out, okay, well I have access to all this data. Cause I think the biggest thing is like, if I don't have data, I don't know what I want to do and I'm not going to get bored because look at all the different things I can do. And when I see like, and that's why I was telling you before I, I see the next three, four or five projects based on the data that I have in here, because I can think about how I can use this stuff on a day-to-day basis. We talked in our first uh, episode really about, you know, using things like, you know, did you know you can create an app? Well, why don't we create an app now and publish that? And here's the query engine. And then all we need to do is find a database that we can embed inside Go. So let's look for an embedded database and populate it for a little bit of information and then have the app running, you know, by itself. Or maybe we can, you know, there's a whole bunch of yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm cool. super excited. So I just wanted to make sure that I shared uh, that and how I use this to get some of the, the data. Love it. Love it. So rapidapi.com and you, there are, there are a load of APIs listed in here. Wow. And for everything that you might be looking for, mm-hmm. that is super cool. Yeah. Well, that might actually make for a nice segue into the challenges week. Yeah. So, um, we were talking about it, but what, uh, what did you actually, what'd you get up to? So what'd you make? Uh, I just, uh, made a tool that takes a command line input for a set of stock. I mean, cause like this was just, most of my time was figuring out how to work with <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and structure yep. JSON. And so reading through all those pieces, you know, you know what the format should be if you know it. And I was like, well, what happens when you don't? So I looked at all these stuff on Unmarshall and iterating through and the outputs that it gives you. And I'm like, I don't want to do, do that. <laughs> so, so that's why it was interesting. And then what, and I can be honest with you, that's why rapid API came in so handy. And, and it was really when I just kind of took a step back, this is what I want. And then I says, okay, well, the neat part about how I use rapid API on this side is actually when you see the, the code snippet, you see the response example or the mm-hmm. schema yep. that gets built. So you know automatically how you can create your struct. But I was like, I am not going to go and create these because some of them return multiple <laughs> values and now you're getting into nested structs and st- stuff like that. All stuff I hadn't considered because everything that I'd looked at was like, oh my God, like this should be super simple and follow this format and I should just be able to query it. And these are the <laughs> objects you should be able to pull out. It's going to be great. And these are, yep. and then I'm looking at this and what does it return? And is it, you know, is it a floating power? Is it an integer? Is it, what is it? Is this a string? And I'm sitting there going like, ah, this is no. <laughs> and, um, what I came to was a tool, uh, and it's the, it saved my bacon. Um, <laughs> literally, and it's, uh, it's on GitHub and it's the JSON to go, like, it's like JSON to go converter to and go. it converts yep. JSON to struct this right. thing. I, I want to just take this, whoever made this, I want, I want to hug, I want to hug them. <laughs> Was it, uh, is it JSON the number two and go? Uh, no, it's uh, literally mholt.github.io slash JSON dash to go. Dash go. Yep. Matt Holt. Yep. 
so amazing. And so you can literally copy that string in there and then basically it formats it, you know, of type auto generated struct. And then you can change the names, you know, post. Um, but yeah, this is awesome. So once I put it in here, I figured it out. And then I was like, oh, well, now it's good because I'm working with structs. It'll put out the value. I know what the inputs are. I know it's, you know, type. I, I, I know I know what I'm going to get as a return type, which makes it easier for me to consume and, and push out on the other side. So very simple stuff uh, in the beginning. So once I figured all these pieces, I think this was more of a trial and error piece for me. So what did I learn? I learned basically how to find a good data source. Uh, second, I figured out how to import uh, the information uh, from that data nice. source. Uh, the second, then after that, it's about formatting. So the biggest piece on this side, once you kind of figure out what that struct is, uh, so two things that I learned that I, you know, that I thought was pretty cool. Um, obviously, when you're when you're working with this, uh, I got in, like obviously when you use the unmarshal and marshal components for encoding and decoding, I was just like, man, that's cool. Or you can just use like the JSON library, which is a little bit easier as well. And you can just json.new code and, you know, put the, uh, the body, uh, in there and then it'll go through and parse it, which was actually pretty neat, uh, super simple. And then I use the, I used two things and I hadn't used maps before and that was how you're we using it on the other one. But then I decided I'm not going to do that and I'm just going to call the specific variables themselves and then use the data that it outputs. I'm going to figure out a better way to use maps because um, it seems pretty cool because you can associate, you know, a value to maps and it's using interface, which is like you're basically instantiating, I think, is how it works is you know, you're basically creating a, a place to store uh, information. Obviously, you're stanching it, and then you're basically decoding the entire uh, JSON map into there. And then from there, you're supposed to iterate through and, and uh, basically, I guess, decode it. I didn't really fully understand how to use it, so I defaulted away from it. And I went to the simple process, and I was like, there has to be an easier way. Everybody else was talking about it. Didn't have time to read it and understand it. So I went back and just pulled out the attributes in there. So it's pretty cool. And then I'm going to use, nice. uh, and then I'm actually going to continue on this project. So adding a web interface that uh, will take in an input and then adding in a backend database that'll store uh, the information. So, yeah. And then that, that, nice. that should be pretty cool. So that's kind of where I'm going to take this to the next level, even though I still have more ideas on what we want to do. But for me, this was a great example of, I know what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do. I'm going to create something basic. Great. I got the inputs that I want. I figured out how to get the data sources I want. Now I can build upon this. So um, I'm going to do a couple more things. And I encourage other people to do it. So however you decide to use your pieces, think about how you um, were importing your information data, how you're planning on uh presenting that information and then obviously uh do you want to make it persistent or not you know and then or sort for a long time so do you want to drop it in a database afterwards so that's going to be kind of how i'm going to evolve this piece and then i want to see what the end uh result is like just a simple web server pushes it up either can display something very specific and i think this is going to be one of those pieces where maybe i'm going to use concurrency in the end and just see how much 
stuff I can pull out and, you know, or how I would actually leverage that to do it. I think it's going way ahead see of where I hit that. See if I can hit that top mark and use something valuable. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, see if oh, you yeah. can hit the, uh, yeah. the API server limiter yeah. or something. Oh yeah. Well, I don't want to get charged. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I totally can see that happening. Right. But anyway, I look at it, there's a lot of information that I can pull out of there. Um, that's going to be the first part. The other part after that is going to see, you know, Knowing full well numerical analysis is probably a good idea. Like, can I apply an algorithm to the data set that I'm, or the data that I'm pulling in? Um, and I'd love to see mm-hmm. if I can do that. So I don't, not saying that that's going to be the right away. I think the next phase of this and, and I'll, and I'll post the code for just the simple stuff that I did it because it wasn't very complicated. Uh, and then part of the code was already built for me. And then I stole from another, this is the neat part about coding is like, you could steal from the parts if you understand what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you understand. Yeah. yeah That's so, the key part, right? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So that was basically what, what I was able to do. Uh, I, nice. I thought it was awesome. I'm really, really glad we took the time to kind of pivot and get right in there. And then I think this is going to help us, you know, I can't wait to see what the next, you know, one or two times is going to, is going to lead to. So yeah, for sure. So, um, for my, ch- my part of the challenge, I think, um, I had a similar experience. Um, so I've, I've worked with API interfaces and, and JSON and XML before, so that wasn't new per se, but I haven't done it in, in a little while. My day-to-day job isn't, isn't coding. Um, so, but I was in a similar situation where I was thinking, oh gosh, what am I going to do with JSON necessarily, right? And in the same way that you were out there looking at all these different APIs and I was like, oh man, there's there's a lot you can potentially do. Um, and then I realized that one of the one of the coolest things that I could do would be fix something that I do on a regular basis with code, mm-hmm. right? And that might actually be useful in my job, might actually be useful to other people in my job. And so we have a service that we use internally to do some things. Um, and the UI is great and the team works really hard on that UI and, and, um, it's okay, but it, it's slow for what I do and what I do on a regular basis. And so they have an API and I thought, mm-hmm. Hmm, why don't I actually have a look at the API yeah. and see if I can actually build something. Um, so I went the long way around though. So I actually, <laughs> I took the, you know, the, the team actually documented the API and said, all right, here's the, here's the block of JSON that you need to use. Um, and I, I did what many gophers are probably familiar with at this point, And I started to build out all those structs to actually match, um, JSON. So I can actually build, um, build a map or, or just at least build like a new variable that, uh, has all the, uh, has all the values that I need to actually send to the API. And so that I can access them and do things. So the idea is, um, right now, what I, what I managed to get done this week was, um, construct the structs. Mm. Um, I've defined, you know, just an example. So I'm actually statically defining, you know, here, here are the variables, yep. um, and here are the actual values for each one of them. Mm. Um, and then I marshal that into into a JSON. And just for those of you that are in the podcast and, and not new to you're new to potentially programming in general, um, and you're wondering what we're talking about marshaling and, and unmarshaling, um, when you marshal something, so JSON as an example, um, there's a there's a native JSON library or module for Go. And if you do JSON.marshal and you throw um, your request in there, it actually turns it turns your data into a JSON object. Um, and then you can pass that to an interface. So Marshall means kind of 
turn into the thing mm-hmm. and unmarshal actually goes the other way. So unmarshal actually takes a JSON object and turns it into something else. And the something else is kind of up to you. Right. Um, the reason why you define structs to match those is that you can actually then in your code, um, do what I did and like assign whether you're taking input or whether you're gathering it from somewhere else. Um, you can assign variables and then you can take all of those variables um, that are constructed in a certain way and you can marshal that into a JSON object. The other way is since you've constructed those types, you can actually take the JSON object and you can unmarshal it right into a variable. So then you can easily access everything in there. And I hope I explained that um, relatively simply, but mm-hmm. That's the work that I went through to build the structs, um, and I and I started to build the the HTTP requests and the POST requests. Relatively simple part, right? There's a, there's kind of a a pattern for doing HTTP requests that's fairly well known. Yeah. Um, you create your clients, you kind of construct your uh, request, and then you send it um, using the HTTP client. Yeah. Uh, dot do method, and uh, and so I had that. So I built everything out. I thought it was going to be great. And then, um, learned that, uh, my friends that actually managed the service had, had changed some of the connection methods. <laughs> they applied, they applied some security to the, the overall web service. Cause it's a web service. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the UI of the web service uses this API. Mm-hmm. So they had applied, um, you know, some, some mechanisms to control access to the UI mm-hmm. and it also applied to the API. So I kind of got shut down halfway through. But the good news is I have a set of code now that can actually, um, when when they fix this issue, can actually talk to the API or when they tell me how to actually authenticate properly and get a So I have a question. Get then. a key. So, yeah. so did they shut it down because you were accessing it or? No, no. It turns out um, it was it was totally unrelated. Okay. Um, they were just, they were adding a method gotcha. um, to, yeah, to. And, and actually they said, um, we didn't know it realized it uh, had actually, uh, that that change affected the API as well. Right. Um, so they gave me a workaround. I just haven't had a chance to kind of get to it yet, oh, that's cool. but yeah. So I have this base structure now that I can start to build on. And as I mentioned before, we like, we use chatbots internally to do a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the idea is I want to connect this to a chatbot yep. so that now I can, like you said, um, you know, I can jump into a Slack channel and just say, Hey, you know, do the thing, yep. feed it some data. Yep. And, and off it goes. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we nerded out and it was pretty awesome. It was totally awesome. And, um, uh, so, so one thing I think we're getting, we're getting short on time, but, um, one thing that I thought we should talk about this week is, um, is where we're going to place our, I, I think one of the things that I've certainly mm. been thinking about is like, how do we get, how do we get the listeners more involved in the actual code? Yeah. We kind of talked in more abstract, like, I think we're getting a little bit closer, right? Yeah. We've talked really sort of abstractly about code before now. Now we yeah. got a little bit deeper into like, here's what we're actually building. Yep. Oh, so right now we got to think about how we actually, you know, get, get the folks that are listening deeper into the code. Yeah. So we got to choose where we're going to put it. Um, so I don't know about you, but. I, well, we could do GitHub if you want to, we can do GitLab. I don't know what you want to do, but maybe that's one of the things we kind of have a takeaway or maybe if there's some listeners who have some ideas as to where we should put Great it. Idea. Yeah. Um, do you have opinions out there? If you're listening, what's your opinion? I know there's, there's a lot of conversation about GitHub and its business relationships and, and what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so that maybe it's an interesting conversation. Yep. What, what do you, 
loyal listeners, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, let's let's just figure that out. But I do want to start maybe setting up our own repo. So uh, for sure, let's let's do that. I think that's a great step for us. So we're gonna take that away and muddle it over. But we definitely want feedback. Maybe we create a quick little survey, post it in the in the well Slack channel or in the notes. Like they can go ahead and do that and just tell me what you think. Where do you want us to store code and 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 collaborate? So, lastly, then we need a new challenge Mm. since we just hit this one out of the park. Let's go! I I am all in on working with like embedded databases <laughs> embedded databases well, okay because i think you can like i was looking at um anyways i i just want to say like i mean either you can do it embedded an embedded database into your program um as it because we already have data sources how do we either keep data for a period of time or is there an embedded database that can be more persistent or is there a way that you can just take that uh, piece of code that you did, you have data, um, and now put it into the database and store it at whatever frequency you want so that you have some historical information. Then you can go ahead and query and uh, and post that somehow. So is that too much or is that more on... I just want to try to build on what we're doing. So you don't have to do it all, but as long as you can take that data put it into some kind of database and, you know, access it all through go. I think that's a good next step. Use a database. I like it. I like the, I like the uh, more generic nature of the challenge that, and I think it worked last week, certainly. And I like the idea this week where, Hey, let's leave it open. So yeah, use a database to do something. We can build in the code we already have. If you want to do something else, feel free to do that too. But we pick a database of some sort and uh and drop some some data into it yep and again uh chris had talked about mux beforehand maybe we should do that um because you want to present the information somehow but either way choose how you want to do it as long as you can go in there as long as you can query it that's the big piece and then hopefully the week after we'll build more on it and then build it into some kind of web application i like it all right so and then take over the world. <laughs> We're slowly, so. slowly, but surely getting to taking over the world. And I have so many more ideas after that starts. As you start to think about, you have data, you have presentation. Now you want to manipulate it to your advantage. Um, you know, at some point we're going to have to talk about connecting and using either something from a cloud platform. I'm oh, yeah. super excited when we get to that point, that's where I think uh, everybody ca- like you go from zero to let's go <laughs> like type of scenario, yeah. right? So, yep, for sure. Um, anyways, we're 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 marching towards that. I think that's what's going to happen. So let's just keep building on what we have. If you have other ideas, um, reach out on Twitter, uh, reach out on Slack channel. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. Thank you all for for listening. I think this uh, this gets us towards the end of the program. Um, you can find us on the web at ASG Podcast. You can also find us in the All Systems Go Slack channel. We are Chris and Kofi, 
And again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, let's go.